Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. This show will begin shortly after these messages from our advertisers. Advertising is what keeps the show alive. Your support means they'll continue to advertise and the podcast will continue to be free. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt, your shoulder hurts, and your back. Oh my God, your back. They're constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here is something you haven't tried. Pain Absolve. Pain Absolve is not available in any drugstore. The only way to get it is by calling today. We're so confident that it will work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription needed. And best of all, each purchase comes with a money-back guarantee. Call now to find out how you can get Pain Absolve and get rid of your pain. Call 800-261-0783. That's 800-261-0783. 800-261-0783. Call today. 800-261-0783. Are you lacking a little something between paranormal and abnormal? You need the Into the Parabnormal store. Now open at parabnormalradio.com. From hoodies to shirts, accessories, and our digital music library, it's all available in the Into the Parabnormal store. Your purchase directly helps support the show. Thanks for buying from the Into the Parabnormal store at parabnormalradio.com. Introducing the new 3-for-1 bundle from Xfinity. Save big on unlimited internet and streaming when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash 3-for-1, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
lights go down and the clock ticks close to the witching hour, somewhere between abnormal and paranormal, enter at your own risk into the paranormal. Oh yeah, the witching hour, also known as the midnight hour. And tonight we are three seconds until midnight. You know, chances are you've been sick with the flu. I hope not. Maybe you know somebody who's been sick with the flu this season, probably more likely. Well, you know, when we're sick, it just sucks, literally, everything out of us. We have to miss work. We just feel crummy. We can't get comfortable. And nothing else actually really matters at that point, except getting well and getting back to your routine, right? We're creatures of habit. We don't like being cooped up and sick and missing work, and then we have to make up time, which means we really don't get over our illness. We just get worse. This season, 87,000 people have been hospitalized so far. And an estimated 4,800 have died from the flu. That's here in the U.S., according to the Centers for Disease Control and Injection. You know, it was just a couple months ago that we did a show with Ryan Gable called Bioweapon Buzz. And uh, we were just in the early stages of the flu season. And now we're kind of getting a grasp of how it's like here in 2020. Some states actually reporting that it is the worst flu season in a decade or more. And when you think about it, 87,000 people being hospitalized, an estimated 4,800 dying, it can be a lot worse, friends. We also know that the past can and does influence the future. And so it's important to learn from the past so that we can avoid making the same mistakes. But... Are we any more prepared now, here in 2020, than we were over 100 years ago? And let's not forget about what happened in 1918 when a strain of the influenza virus mutated and then transformed into a rampant pulmonary disease that became one of the deadliest plagues ever recorded in human history. And let's not be naive. It will happen again. It's not a matter of if, but really just a matter of when. And this time, it could possibly involve a worse strain of the flu. And certainly, it's going to involve population densities that were not a factor more than 100 years ago. People so crammed together in condos and apartments, homeless camps, everything so dense, we're all right on top of each other. These things weren't a factor over 100 years ago. But it took more than 80 years after 1918 for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to come out with a report called the Pandemic Influenza Plan to prevent, control, and mitigate the effects. But under this plan, some 123 million Americans will not have access to a protective vaccine or an antiviral drug until the peak of the epidemic is almost past and they're at their weakest Dr. Stephen Hatfield is here to make the case that we are not prepared to handle another pandemic. This view is shared by mainstream scientists and supported by a new report by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, known as the Global Health Security Index. Dr. Hatfield is a specialist physician and virologist 
with a military background. He has master's degrees in microbial genetics, radiation biochemistry, and experimental pathology. His medical fellowships include Oxford University, the NIH in Bethesda, and the NRC, where he studied the Ebola virus at the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute for Infectious Diseases at Fort Detrick. He's the principal author of Three Seconds Until Midnight. Dr. Stephen Hatfield, welcome into the Parabnormal. Hi, good afternoon to you. What are your thoughts on that new report that came out? Well, perfectly agree with it. We seem to be moving a little bit farther away from where we need to be rather than closer. And there's a variety of factors involved with this. Um, my interest in this field became in 2014, uh, we've spent up to that time probably about, well, an acknowledged $70 billion. Um, my estimates are a lot more on uh, biological defense, both bioterrorism and natural outbreaks of emerging infectious diseases. And we demonstrated we couldn't even handle 11 Ebola patients in the United States without major drama and, uh, and a couple infection of healthcare workers. So I started studying the uh, National Pandemic Influenza Plan that was created in 2005, and I didn't see any substance to it. It, it was like reading a lawyer's document. Uh, you can read the whole thing, and, and you're not sure what you read. At least I'm not alone in that, because I tried to break it down to kind of simplify it for my audience, and my head started spinning. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, the government is, and, and they've, they've, they've been very successful at doing it, they established a national strategic stockpile with things like mechanical ventilators to help people breathe and a wide variety of drugs and uh, some vaccines. And this is in case of a catastrophic biological incident. Well, a biological weapons attack on a, a metropolitan area is one thing uh, because the surrounding areas are free to help. A pandemic of a serious uh, respiratory disease is something much different. All right, hold that because thought. Uh, Dr. Stephen Hatfield with us. Three seconds until midnight. I'm Jeremy Scott from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. Don't venture too far. You might not make it back into the pair of normal. Tired of overpaying for the little blue pill? What if you could get the exact same results for just a fraction of the price, guaranteed? 
Well, now you can with sildenafil, the active ingredient in the blue pill. With 20 milligram generic sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right. Absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of the little blue pill. So give your wallet a break and call us toll-free at 800-367-9583 to get your generic sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. Again, just call 800-367-9583 to get your generic sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this, so call Call 800-367-9583 now. Every year, the seasonal flu emerges and kills tens of thousands of Americans. Kills tens of thousands of Americans and hundreds of thousands globally. The 1918 pandemic caused the global deaths of probably 50 and maybe up to 100 million people making it the worst natural disaster in all of recorded human history. So you had this disease that was spread very quickly across the world that was killing millions of people, and yet people didn't know what it was that was killing them. It could be far more lethal and become a pandemic by spreading across the world. Pandemic. Exploring the possibilities of the subjects you've always wanted to know and those you never knew existed until now. Into the Paranormal with Jeremy Scott. Well, we've known it existed. We just haven't done anything about it in a hundred years. So the 1918 flu pandemic coming back around. Dr. Stephen Hatfield, my guest, author of uh, Three Seconds Until Midnight, and he was uh, talking to us right before the break about how this can reach a pandemic level. Uh, please continue, Dr. Hatfield. Yeah, the the chief problem is uh, there's more sick people than what the local authorities can handle in their area. So you need extra hospital beds. You need extra medical staff. You need, uh, for influenza, uh, ventilators and increased ICU bed capability, and this this all requires pre-planning. And in surveys that have been done over the last 10 years, um, most local authorities have failed miserably in this. Uh, they don't have rational plans on how they would handle a medical surge capability. Uh, vaccines can't be made until we know the actual strain of influenza that's causing the pandemic. And right now, it takes about six months to make a vaccine. The current vaccine that everybody's receiving now was designed six months ago. Scientists tried to predict which strains would become predominant this season. President Trump has signed into effect a bill or an executive order to increase uh, vaccine capability. Most of our vaccines are made overseas, by the way. We make very little here in the United States. Um, this is to increase our, it's a strategic thing. We, we need to be able to produce our own vaccines and we need to do it quicker. There's been increased funding and some promising new technology towards a universal flu vaccine. 
uh, one shot that would handle all the different types of influenza A. We're getting closer. But until that day comes, we're vulnerable. The idea was to mass administer antiviral drugs uh, to urban populations until a vaccine can be made. This is how the existing plan is set up. But we only stockpiled 81 million doses. We have over 300 million uh, U.S. population. So the way it's going to work now is the, uh, um, the politicians, the federal government will look after itself. The military, as is understandable, you, you need a protected military. Uh, the state and local governments, they're going to get the bulk of antivirals. The antiviral drug chosen is still a little bit debatable about its effectiveness. We go into this in some detail in the book. Um, but for 123 million to 125 million Americans, right now all they're going to receive is if you're sick, don't go to work, frequently wash your hands, uh, and cough into your sleeve, and stay about six feet away from others. And these are basically the same measures we had back in 1918. Um, that's that's the result of our findings. How close are we to a universal vaccine? We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, there's a couple approaches that are being tried, and uh, but uh, getting things through the FDA and licensed uh, can take a very very long time. Uh, we are making great progress. Or science is making great progress in this. But it needs to be, um, I believe, more of a crash course. Uh, this is happening very, very slowly. We're improving our ability to make these vaccines quickly um, on demand. Um, again, this is moving slowly. What President Trump signed into law, or executive order that he gave, was to come up in five years with a plan uh, to improve our vaccine availability. Um, and then it goes out to the bureaucracies and how much money is going to be wasted. Uh, who knows? We've spent uh, over $70 billion on biological defense, and we really have not a lot to show for it. Perhaps why humanity is so behind the eight ball on this, why we are, are not prepared, is nobody believes that the every hundred year or so flu is going to happen in their lifetime or in their child's lifetime. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you, you just leave it to the next generation and here we are. So, I mean, any idea, you know, maybe how soon a pandemic situation of the flu could reoccur? It's trying right now. We, we've noticed since the 1990s that something alarming has been going on in the world. We seem to have crossed some sort of a threshold as a species in regards to our population numbers. In fact, no other species of large mammal known to science has ever reached our present population density. It's completely unnatural. We're all living in a worldwide biological experiment, if you like. With regards to infectious disease, we don't we don't know how this will turn out. 
probably not very well. But somewhere around the mid-1990s, we started seeing a plethora of new infectious diseases that we'd never seen before. And it's increasing in frequency. Uh, right now, there is an outbreak in Wuhan, China, uh, of a virus. Uh, again, no one's seen this strain of coronavirus yeah. before. Yeah, I, I heard about that Brand one. Brand new. They've, uh, outbreaks of bubonic plague in China. Um, only two cases. It's nothing to you know, get alarmed about at this stage. But we have bubonic plague in the United States. What's happening is it's increasing numbers of people coming in contact with animals. And animal viruses are jumping with an increasing frequency uh, from their animal species into man. This is called emerging infectious diseases. Uh, it's not just influenza. Influenza is actually a bird, bird disease. It infects the intestines of birds. Um, in humans, it, it can cause really some catastrophic lung damage. Uh, the Ebola outbreaks in West Africa, 2014 and 15, is another example. Uh, the SARS outbreak in 2003. The repeated uh, Marburg outbreaks. The, the list keeps going on and on. And if you graph this, it's almost an exponential curve of the number of... we, we In the next 20 years, we predict... Uh, that we're going to see 10 to 40 brand new infectious diseases that we've never seen before. We don't know how severe these will be. We don't know how transmissible they will be from person to person. And we won't know until they break out. On top of this, we're living under an infrastructure complexity that's completely unknown. You know, the bread just doesn't magically get to your corner supermarket or the mom-and-pop grocery store. It's a very complex chain of events to get from the field and the farm to your table. And that pathway is dependent on other very complicated uh, infrastructures like gasoline and diesel fuel. It doesn't just magically get out of the ground through the refineries through the distribution uh, to your local gas station. All these things are interlinked. Power generation, communications. These complexities are starting to reach a critical point where the breakdown in one area can cause a cascading chain of events leading to a collapse to a lower level of complexity. Uh, these were, we were much more resilient in 1918. It's, it's, it's a worrying time. Certainly is an alarming reality. Dr. Stephen Hatfield, my guest. I'm Jeremy Scott. Brad Bernard's is Paranormal News coming up, and we'll continue with Dr. Stephen Hatfield. Three seconds until midnight. I'm Jeremy Scott. Think you've heard it all? Just wait until Into the Paranormal continues.
Abnormal News. I'm Brad Bernards. A new virus from the same family as the deadly SARS disease has spread beyond China's borders for the first time with a case emerging in Thailand, UN and Thai officials said on Monday. Here is Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The current virus does not appear to spread, certainly not readily and maybe not at all, from human to human because there have been no cases of infection of healthcare workers, which is unlike SARS. Thai doctors diagnosed a Chinese traveler with mild pneumonia on January 8th, later confirmed to have been caused by the so-called novel coronavirus. When Alexei Voronikov's 70-year-old mother passed away, he paid to have her brain frozen and stored in the hope breakthroughs in science will one day be able to bring her back to life. The person and its brain is the same. We are our brain. If we use dry ice, we can preserve it for many months, maybe years, but not more. And we need to preserve it for decades and maybe for hundreds of years. Igor Artohov, Chief Science Officer of CryoRus. Read the news at paraabnormalradio.com. I'm Brad Bernards, Paraabnormal News. to the speed of light as the radio waves will allow without frying ourselves. scary to think that there are new viruses that just, you know, come out of the blue. And of course, we've done, you know, shows on our antibiotic resistance as well just uh, a couple of weeks ago, because, you know, these are important topics when you're infected with uh, something that you've been infected with your whole life, and now your medicine stops working. Or you're infected with something new and there is no treatment. Uh, and then you have something like the flu, which, of course, has been around forever and, you know, has killed tens of thousands or more people. I mean, 4,800 in the U.S. this year alone and likely to rise to a pandemic level uh, like we saw in 1918. Dr. Stephen Hatfield, my guest author of Three Seconds Until Midnight. Dr. Hatfield, can you remind us what happened in 1918? Yeah. The, um, in our book, we, uh, we talk a lot about Philadelphia in 1918 because this seems to be the worst hit city. Um, the disease came in three waves. The first wave had a low mortality. It was very highly infectious. The U.S. was entering World War One, the ground combat, and thousands of troops are being trained in cantonment camps. And we were shipping 10,000 
troops a day over to France. Uh, the first wave broke out during that time. Uh, it, it was comparable to flu strains that we see today. And then the virus changed and it came back as a second wave. And this one caused catastrophic lung damage in the fit, healthy uh, people. Normally, flu sort of picks off the very young and the very old. This one struck uh, adults in the prime of their life. And it killed very rapidly. There's cases uh, in the literature um, two days from the time of the first cough until death from massive respiratory failure. Uh, it becomes impossible to handle that number of dead. The disease broke out in Philadelphia, decimated the uh, the shipyards there. Uh, the slum areas of the city were hit the hardest. I call them the poor resource areas. And uh, it is absolutely decimated. Entire families uh, were killed. Uh, the mother, the father, the breadwinner, dead. No one to feed the children. Um, bodies in the streets, literally. The morgue was overflowing. Um, it was really, it was like the Middle Ages and the bubonic plague. And the city infrastructure started to collapse. The city was saved at the very last minute. Um, through some very, very smart, courageous people that were experts at organizing. Not necessarily at medicine, but they supplied the necessary leadership and organization uh, to get a grip of it. And uh, uh, these are the pretty much what will happen today. Um, our Poor disadvantaged areas will be hit the hardest. Both historically and computer models show that uh, the infections there will spread to the rest of the areas, to the more affluent areas. Um, and in fact, it's these poor resource areas that need to be concentrated on first in a, in a pandemic outbreak. But there's no special planning for this in the national plan. Um, conservatively, the CDC model that is used based on 1918 uh, shows over 2 million deaths occurring in a, a matter of a few months. Um, there are worse flu strains out there, the H5N1 and the H7N9 strains. Uh, these these aren't transmitted very easily from person to person, but they carry up to a 40% mortality. And an outbreak of a strain like that would, would completely overwhelm anything uh, to date. So that's the reality. Um, we used to think we're imagining this, that there's more infectious diseases that we've never seen. But there's been several, there's been three very good studies. And scientists are imagining this. It's actually occurring. 
if we look at the number of flu strains that are trying to jump into man, we see the same thing. We had about four predominantly circulating flu strains till about 1990. And then suddenly there's this plethora of five or six new strains that are trying to jump in. They cause these short micro outbreaks. They're not efficiently transmitted from person to person and they die out. But the fact is it's trying. And it's, it's, it's fairly alarming. We, we go into this in the book. I, I wrote this for the lay person. And the first part's a little technical because you need to understand a little bit about viruses. And then we talk about this problem of emerging infectious diseases. We show some interesting graphs depicting what I've been talking about. And then we go into detail uh, the World War one nineteen eighteen outbreak. We look at Philadelphia and how it was affected, and then the organization that it took to get things under control. And then we look at the national pandemic plan established in 2005 and the recent 2017 update. And then we start talking about personal, individual, and family measures. Uh, that can be taken during a pandemic. Uh, and then we discuss the, uh, the the movement towards a universal vaccine. Uh, again, we are getting close, but the problem is with the local authorities. The federal government can stockpile vaccine, and they can deliver it within 24 hours to one place in the state. But the state has to get it out to the towns and the municipal areas, uh, the urban high-density areas, and then those areas have to get it to their population. And this is where things start to fall apart. The, the pandemic in 1918 uh, obviously originated in birds, but the fact that they don't know where it originated from is quite scary to me. Well, there's been a couple excellent researchers that have gone into this. Um, and it looks like, or a good working, um, supposition is that it broke out near Fort Riley, Kansas, in a small area of Haskell County in rural Kansas. And from there, it jumped into the cantonment areas at Fort Riley with the soldiers training to go to uh, Europe for World War One. And then it amplified overseas and uh, came back as a, a much more lethal. You see, you're dealing with an RNA virus. And when you deal with an RNA virus, these things are very prone to undergoing small mutations. And sometimes these very small mutations could cause big changes in the severity of the disease they cause. The spread in Western Africa in 2014 in the Ebola virus is due to a single mutation in its outer protein. Um, we think that this whole process is called serial passage. And when scientists started these experiments in the 1950s, they found you would take an animal that normally doesn't get sick from a given virus. 
and you give it some, and you take blood from it and give it to another animal, and then give it to another animal, and you could make the virus adapt to that animal to where it would cause disease. We've done this for laboratory work. Uh, rather than use monkeys for Ebola, there's a mouse-adapted model and a guinea pig-adapted model. And this was done through serial passage. Hold that thought. Uh, we'll continue with Dr. Stephen Hatfield right after this. Miss the show live? Listen to it anytime, as many times as you'd like, at ParabnormalRadio.com. The ninth Annual Oregon Ghost Conference at the Seaside Civic and Convention Center happens March 27th to 29th. It's the Northwest's largest paranormal convention. Join us for a weekend of ghosts at the coast. Event lineup and ticket information soon at OregonGhostConference.com. Into the Paranormal will be there live. The Oregon Ghost Conference, March 27th to 29th in Seaside, Oregon. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible, with over 180,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Play them on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, and on more than 500 devices. Audible is offering you the opportunity to check out their service for free. When you go to audibletrial.com slash parabnormal, you'll get a free audiobook to download and a 30-day free trial. A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash parabnormal. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. It's three seconds until midnight tonight. Its author is Dr. Stephen Hatfield. Uh, Stephen, continue your uh, train of thought, please. We were talking about serial passage, where you can take a virus that normally doesn't affect a certain species of animal and completely keeping culture and inoculating and inoculating. Eventually, very often, uh, you can get it to infect that species. When you have a lot of human beings infected with an RNA virus, that virus is constantly changing out there. It's like rolling the dice. And if you have a high density of population, it doesn't matter if the virus kills you quickly or not. If you're in an African village and your next village is two-day walk away, a virus that kills you quickly is not going to be very successful. But if you're living under high-density conditions, there's no constraints against that virus evolving in a new lethality. So serial passage of viruses through high-density populations, it's, it's a bit of rolling the dice. Sometimes these viruses increase in lethality. Sometimes they decrease in lethality. Uh, it's like Forrest Gump in a box of chocolates. You're just not sure what you're going to get. But it is a threat, and it's best to always prepare for the worst. We're not doing that. The fact that it was released on the military first, I'm wondering if, or if was, sorry, was first noticed to be affecting the military. A little bit of a slip of the tongue there. Do we believe that it may have been released on the military? 
No, no, not at all. This is natural. This is these are natural things. In fact, the H one N straight H one N one strain that we get today are, are leftover derivatives from nineteen eighteen. No, Mother Nature is uh, is, and we understand the mechanisms responsible. There's there's uh, the annual changes that these viruses undergo from small mutations, and then there's um, a process where these viruses can actually shuffle their blueprints, their genetic information, and create hybrid copies of themselves, like two or more different strains. In 2009, an H1N1 strain broke out in Mexico, and it was the result of four different genetic exchanges. And we had cases in the United States, they didn't even know there was an epidemic going on in Mexico. So that turned out to be no more severe than um, than our, our normal seasonal influenza, but the the threat the threat was significant, uh, the worry, and uh, we just weren't ready for this. If you go back through the literature, uh, there's half a dozen government accountability office reports on our lack of preparedness. This isn't something just invented. This has been an ongoing problem for many, many years. And we just don't seem to be getting better at solving it. I'm wondering if you can help us explain how a virus changes like what happened in 1918 and then comes back, you know, for seconds. For And we're only talking about the RNA viruses. Uh, they use a chemical called ribonucleic acid as their blueprints when they want to make a copy of themselves. And the RNA viruses are very mistake-prone when they copy their blueprints. Uh, they tend to make one mistake uh, every time they replicate, which means it's not just that strain that's replicating. It's, it, it is that strain, but it's variants, hundreds of different little variants. We call these quasi-species. And this is the key to these viruses' survival. You know, going from an animal to a human is not a straightforward proposition for a virus. Uh, the temperatures are different. The biochemistry is different to some degree. Uh, it requires some trial and error for an animal virus uh, to get into man and to learn how to live inside man and to learn how to be efficiently transmitted from person to person. Well, when you're dealing with all these different quasi-species in a pandemic, look at it this way. I would rather be shot at by just one machine gun than 20 machine guns. The more virus there are is out there in a population replicating, the more chances there are that it's going to come up with the right set of mutations to become an efficient pathogen in man. This is why when we see these bird flu outbreaks, these H5N1 outbreaks, there's this massive culling there, and we, we kill millions of poultry because we don't want that amount of virus out there replicating, looking for the right combination to jump into humans and become efficiently transmitted to person to person. This happens more frequently than is comfortable. What are some of the solutions that you would propose to help 
better prepare the country and better prepare us individuals against something like 1918? Well, I think they still teach health in uh, the public schools. It depends, I guess. I think it's an elective anymore, anymore these days. Well, that's a big mistake. I agree. Uh, we could, we we could uh, really. You, you, this isn't something you can teach at the last minute. Once there's a pandemic running through the country, uh, it's not going to work. And everybody said, "Well, we'll nurse the patients at home and take the load off the hospitals." Well, if it's a highly infectious agent, you're going to kill the whole family and add to the problem that way. So our local authorities have to start taking this seriously. They have to start meeting, you know, alternate health centers, closing down the high schools and using the high schools as an alternate care site, triaging patients. Do we bring doctors out of retirement and nurses? Do, do we use medical students, this type of thing? Uh, we're all done in Philadelphia in 1918, and the federal government had made guidelines for local authorities to help them do this in their communities, but it's not happening. I mean, Chicago's bankrupt, essentially. Do you think Chicago has any extra funds for pandemic planning or stockpiling of critical items? No. No, this is going to play out on its own. Um, The federal government have done what they said they would do. They're going to, they've stockpiled uh, medicines and supplies and ventilators, and they will get that within 24 hours to one location in each state if, if push comes to shop. And they facilitate through research developing new and better vaccines. They're trying to improve vaccine production, domestic vaccine production capability. But that is the limit, really, to their intervention. The local authorities, local communities, have to figure out how they're going to deal with this themselves. And until it's taken seriously, uh, or we get a universal flu vaccine, then it's, it's and, and a way to distribute it very, very quickly, uh, then it's just going to be a mess. Dr. Stephen Hanfo, I want to thank you for coming on the program tonight. It was certainly very enlightening, eye-opening. Okay, thank you very much. And from the CDC's website, friends, to put this in perspective, one-third of the world's population, they say, was affected by this back in 1918. Imagine something that wipes out a third of the world's population today, as close as we are to each other, packed in like sardines. It's going to spread like wildfire from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. I'm Jeremy Scott.
Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yeah, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters. And it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 1-844-300-LEAF. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters. And it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com That's one 844 Leaf. Thank you for supporting our advertisers. It keeps the show free for everyone. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How do you like to learn the secret to losing three to five pounds a week without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? It's called Body Sculpt RX. For the last two decades, we've helped countless people lose thousands of pounds. And now, it's your turn. Learn how to lose weight with one simple phone call and no prescription needed. You'll see an amazing difference in a matter of days. Don't believe us? We'll offer you a risk-free money-back guarantee. So if you're ready to start losing weight, call right now and get a free month supply with your first order of Body Sculpt RX. Call now. You have nothing to lose but the pounds. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. That's 800-395-4207. You've heard me talking about my Patriot supply for a while and things aren't getting any easier. From global conflicts and unstable supply chains, when shelves run on empty, you don't have to panic. Choose peace of mind with their three-month emergency food supply to keep your shelves and your stomach full. In an emergency, you won't have the time, resources, and ingredients to prepare your meals in the way you're used to. But you can get a leg up with My Patriot Supply. It's a three-month emergency food supply. You don't have to skimp. It's ready when you are. It's disaster-proof. 
and no food boredom here. 20 plus flavorful food and drink varieties. My Patriot Supply is offering a special deal for Into the Parabnormal listeners when you go to parabnormalradio.com slash food. Get your My Patriot Supply today from parabnormalradio.com slash food. That's parabnormalradio.com slash food.